Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Excitement of the week. Facts of the week. What? My boyfriend got blocked by Andrew Tate. <gasps> Tom is now an icon. He's a feminist. What was the last thing he said before Andrew blocked him? I actually don't know. I'll find out for you and I'll let you know next week. Oh, I love that. I know. You have to let us know. Yeah, update us. Update. Hello and you are very welcome along to the Unpopular Opinion Podcast. My name is Jen. I'm Carla. We're going to dive straight in this week. Um, As you know, two weeks ago we had an episode called Toxic Relationships where we talked about some listener submissions, some red flags um, and we mentioned that we were going to be getting Mary Lee from Women's Aid onto this week's episode. They have a new campaign coming up. It's called Two Into You. It's launching on Valentine's Day. Um, and we just had our chat with her. It was very insightful. It kind of just only scratched the surface. Um, but this is your trigger warning, obviously. Um, please do check the description below for all of the information that you might need. And we'll also post it on our Instagram as well. So please see attached and please enjoy our chat with Mary so we are joined by Mary Hayes from Women's Aid. Mary, thanks a million for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. No, not at all. It's it's such an important conversation to have. And we did an episode based around kind of toxic relationships about two weeks ago. And we did get a few questions. And the, perf- the time is actually perfect because Women's Aid are launching their Two Into You campaign on Valentine's Day. So February 14th. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what to expect from the campaign or what what you'll be doing around it? Yeah, so um, I suppose just to say first, if anyone doesn't know who Women's Age are, so we've been around for almost 50 years and we're the National Domestic Violence Service. So we support women and children who are um, experiencing domestic abuse, domestic violence in their relationships. Um, and Two Into You is our campaign focused on young people. Um, so the whole kind of idea behind Two Into You is, you know, when you're going out with someone, it can be um, really exciting when they're into you. But if they're too into you, that's a red flag for abuse. So um, when we think about domestic violence, you know, we often think of it happening um, to say older women or women who are married to um, their partner or maybe they have children and uh, typically they're living with an abusive partner. But um, from us supporting uh, young women on our helpline and our one-to-one services, um, you know, we know that you don't have to be living with a partner for them to be abusive to you. And actually um, abuse in young relationships is really common. So, you know, it could be your very first relationship. So you have nothing to compare it to. So we 
started the two into you campaign to tell young people that you know it can happen when you're young it can happen in your very first relationship in casual relationships and we really wanted to show young people um you know what abuse looks like uh what the difference between healthy and unhealthy relationship is and like the red flags things like that so we have a very um specific and dedicated website for young people it's two into you.ie so that's the words two into you um and it has you know the different red flags different behaviors because the way that abuse happens for young people would be you know quite different to somebody who's maybe living with an abusive partner so it's really about shining a light on how abuse looks for young people the supports that are available um and to tell to tell them you know that you're not out there and can you run us through some of the things that would be like the I suppose the the red flags that you speak about that the, the website has and obviously I'll link that in the description of the episode itself so that people can go and have a look. But um it, can you run us through some of the things that young people you would encourage them to look out for? Because as you say, some of these are quite like it could be their first relationship and a lot of people can be blindsided by the excitement and the honeymoon period and they wouldn't be looking out for stuff like that or you know they'd be just kind of brushing it off quite flippantly and not really like see them as red flags yeah so i suppose with with valentine's day coming up um you know this is a really key time to reflect on you know your own relationship um or even to kind of keep an eye on friends relationships because one of the things that we hear about really often, especially if it's your first relationship, is um, a red flag called love bombing. Mm. So what love bombing is, is it's basically when the person you're going out with bombards you um, with these kind of grand gestures of love and attention and affection. So, um, you know, all of uh, the kind of normal things of dating that can be really exciting, like wanting to spend all your time together, uh, you know, getting gifts, being brought out for dinner, um, you know, them saying, oh, I, I love like spending all my time with you, liking each other's um, uh, photos and videos all the time. That can feel really normal. But um, if you feel like you can't say no or, or if you feel under pressure to move faster in the relationship that you're comfortable with, then this would be a real red flag. And it could be, be particularly hard to spot because, you know, like you said, in that honeymoon phase, it's exciting to be kind of swept up in it and feel like, you know, this is my time. Like, um, I, it's so exciting uh, being given gifts and attention and love. But really, it's about where that line is crossed. Because, you know, in a healthy relationship, if you say, you know, um, I love that we text all the time, but, you know, I do love, I I like it when, if I'm out with a friend, that I don't have to look at my phone. So, you know, if you say that to the person you're going out with and they say, oh, yeah, oh, my God, I had no idea, you know, that's a a great sign. That's a green flag, okay? But if they get defensive or they're like, but okay, but do you not like me? Do you not want me to text you? Like, why are you being like this? You're being dramatic. Mm. That's a red flag. And it's really important to, to, um, you know, um, I suppose, take the red flags seriously because what they are are an indication of how things are going to go later. They're, um, you know, somebody setting out um, what's okay 
or what's not okay or how far they can push you um, in the relationship. You know, how much control they're trying to have or if they're trying to control you at all. That's mm. a huge red flag. That's what abuse is. It's that pattern of power and control. I find one seems to be talking about, and again, it's different for everyone, talking about marriage and kids very early and kind of being using that as almost an indicator for how the relationship is moving and how it should be taken seriously. Mm. And it's like, well, my wife wouldn't do this. Or, you know, I've known you six weeks. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're going to be yeah. my wife. You're going to have my kids. And it's funny, I was watching yeah. an episode of Made in Chelsea the other day. And, oh, my God, the relationships in that are, like, just the worst indicator of ever. If you ever want to see, like, a bad relationship, watch Made in Chelsea. But what I thought was so interesting is one of the guys is, is talking to his dad. And they can't figure out where, you know, the cast wants to. One of the girls, it's Louise and Alec. <clears throat> he lives in the uh, US. She lives in the UK. And the dad said, you need to turn around here and go, baby, you're my wife. You are going to be the mother of my children. Come on now. You need to get your stuff together and get get your shit together and get over here now. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, the control and the pressure of that statement alone. Yeah. Imagine someone turning around to you and going, baby, you are the wife of my kids. You be, or my wife of my, yeah, whatever. I'd be like, okay, yeah. what? And I think that that's like, I feel like there's a lot of times where <clears throat> I've heard this from friends where they're like, he does X, Y, and Z, but we always talk about having a future together. Like, that's not an indicator of mm. you can't get away. And I feel like that's a lot of the times. And I, I don't know if this is something that you see. Bad behavior is excused because there's like a goal in mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what that is, is that is absolute manipulation. Yeah. You know, it's not respecting someone's boundaries, someone's choices. It's it's basically saying to them, I don't respect your choice. You know, I know what's best for us in yeah. the relationship. And, you know, that's for us to move forward. Yes, I act like this. You know, yes, I might fly off the handle when I'm drunk or, you know, when I'm really stressed or tired. Um you know, I take that out on you, but like we're in it together, you know, it's, it's almost kind of this carrot, um, carrot on a stick thing where, yeah, you know, and that's why people end up um, being trapped in abusive relationships for so long, because, you know, somebody who's abusive isn't abusive all the time. Um, But that pattern is there um, enough to say that, you know, this is unhealthy. So, when they're not being, you know, abusive um, or, you know, horrible to their partner, they're giving that person snippets or reminders of what they used to be like. And what that does is it completely plays with someone's mind. It says, well, they're not horrible all the time. You know, maybe maybe I can change them. Maybe things can get better. And then it becomes a relationship problem. You know, not a them problem. It's a this is our problem. And that really shifts the blame onto the person who's being subjected to this behavior and it 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 shifts that blame away from the person who is acting um in that way and actually you know when um when relationships end we would hear this a lot um just say you leave um an abusive relationship or an unhealthy relationship um, you know all the things that your partner has done to try and control you to try and keep that relationship they see that as going down the drain. So they try and do everything they can for you to get back with them. So they will amp up um, 
those really unhealthy and manipulative behaviors. So, for example, you know, you break up, that might be the time that they produce a ring or say, I really miss you. Like, let's move in together, you know, um, things like that. That, again, it's manipulative. It's coercion. It's saying, I don't respect your decision. I don't see you as an equal person who has a right to make decisions in their own life. Mm, yeah I think it's really interesting like I suppose there is an awful lot more awareness lately about red flags and manipulative behavior I suppose in the past it was never considered or you'd never put abuse and those conversations like the things like love bombing or you know just small things you'd kind of laugh them off or brush them off and it's like, oh, he, he said this, but it's grand. You never associate those those little flipping things that you yeah. think are harmless and abuse together. But I do think there's an awful lot more awareness around it. And I, I think that's why campaigns like 2 Into You are really important. Um, and we see it even just in our, like, something as basic as watching Love Island and seeing some of the, yeah. the behaviours, especially in recent years, like there has been an awful lot more conversations about it, which is really important. And even this year is the first year they made them do a course, essentially, yeah. before they went in there to yeah, which stop, which is, and it has, it's made a massive difference. Yeah. Well, the boys are actually yeah. calling each other out, which has yeah. never happened before. But um, I think what's Which is brilliant. Yeah. I think what's interesting there is, I think a lot of people still conflate domestic violence violence it's hitting it's you know Mm. it's it's someone getting a slap or a box or you know coming into work a bit bruised up whether it's all these tiny little things and they might result in an explosion they might not but it's still absolutely unhealthy it's conditioning of a of a sort yeah so you know abuse it's not a single act of physical violence that's that's not what abuse is and you can be in an abusive relationship without ever having been hit or punched or choked or any of that you know those physical assaults the threat of abuse of physical abuse alone that is so emotionally draining and exhausting because it's ever constant that it's there you know for for yoga women um Uh, We've done a lot of research in women's age around, you know, the prevalence of abuse and the types of abuse that happened. And actually, emotional abuse is by far the most common form of abuse that young women experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, things like being humiliated, um, being criticized, being put down, being isolated, you know, told um, not to hang out with your friends or why are you hanging out with them? They don't even like you or why don't you just want to spend time with me? Or if you do see them, when are you coming home? You know, texting, texting, texting um, and expecting you to be on and answerable to them all the time. So what that does, it reminds you constantly that you are under their thumb, you know, that they're there, they're watching you, they're ever present. And it almost becomes um, a way for them to control you when you're not there because you will then change your behaviours for fear of the repercussions of them. And those mightn't be physical repercussions. You know, a lot of the time they won't be. It could be they give you the silent treatment or, you know, when you do see them, they're, they're you know, slamming doors or, you know, they're beating in their car, you know, when you're when you're in the car with them. Like all of those things put fear into you and make you feel like um, basically for you to keep the peace in the relationship, you have to change your behavior. That is so incredibly controlling. Do you find 
with with the work that you guys do and it's something that I've seen a lot of the times in, in some of my friends not so much nowadays but when they were younger definitely they don't again it's like not recognizing that emotional abuse is abuse and not recognizing these things but also downplaying it because it's almost like they'll say it to a friend their friend ah yeah my fella used to do that oh my fella does that all the time time. yeah and then it's almost like oh okay so I it's not taken seriously in a way because it's not almost considered and I suppose this is more of a call out to that. That's why you have the helpline. That's why you have these campaigns. Um, because if there's, if there's any of that going on and you feel uncomfortable, this is the resource. This yeah. is where you should be going. Yeah. So I suppose there's a couple of, there's a couple of points there, you know, um, for the women that we research, the young women, uh, you know, one in three never, told anyone about the abuse that they were subjected to and that's not just you know seeking formal supports they didn't tell anyone until this survey that is a huge number of women um and for the majority of them the reason that they didn't tell anyone was the fear of not being believed so you know just say they um were were thinking about the conversation that they have and somebody saying oh well you know yeah sure that's that's normal or you know feeling shame oh my god how did I let this happen to me you know I'm a, I'm a strong woman how could I let someone treat me like that again that's shifting the blame from the person being abusive back onto them it's mm. that gaslighting and making them feel like it's their fault the second thing in terms of you know the normalization of all these um really unhealthy behaviors you know we do see it in the media we see it online we see it in movies you know um, chasing the girl down, breaking her down until she does, you know, eventually go out with yeah. see That love bombing again, mm. you know, like filling her room with roses and, you know, I'm going to ask you 20 times until you say, until you say yes. Um, so, you know, in terms of um, support, I suppose abuse can feel like a really big word and it can feel like, oh, but, but Jesus, I couldn't call the Women's Aid Helpline. That's for people who are, you know, uh, being physically assaulted and sexually abused, you know, over years. But really, if something feels wrong, it probably is. Because the later it gets into the relationship, the more serious it gets, and the longer you're there, the much harder it is to leave. The more isolated you are, the more you'll be emotionally broken down. So really, the red flags are there as kind of an early sign that we need to take seriously because they are the barometer for how the relationship, how you'll be treated in the relationship later on. It's a really good insight into how somebody, uh, what somebody thinks is acceptable, an acceptable way to treat someone else. So with um, the the helpline, um, and we also have a chat service. Um, if uh, you don't want to make a call, we have that on the Two Into You website. Um, you know, that's there to talk through what you're going through you know if you have any concerns at all it just gives you that space to talk about the relationship how it makes you feel things that feel a little bit off and it's also not just for people in a relationship like if you're worried about a friend or a cousin sister whatever if you are concerned and don't know how to approach it or just have any questions both those services are there for you as well um so you know we really do need to try and take these signs seriously because the longer they go on and the more normalized they come on the more alone women are going to feel you know women who are going through this and then for your 
self, you know, if a friend is going through it and you're like, oh, sure, look, that's, that's, it's not my case to get involved. And then just say it, it happens to you. You're going to think the very same thing. My friends are going to think, oh, it's not my place to get involved. It's not a big deal. Um, it's that playing down of it that is where it becomes normalized. For in my head, I'm thinking as well, I think it takes a lot of courage to kind of take that step and actually call a helpline or or look a little bit more into it. But I think what's important is it can be used as, I don't want to say a fact checker, but it can be used almost as that conversation where it's like, is this okay? You know, it doesn't have to be, he. I'm full on in something here now where I think I'm in a bit of spot of bother here. It can be early stage. It can be talking stage. Because I think a lot of the times, particularly now with like internet culture, people are talking a lot more before they see each other. Mm. So they're talking over text or they're, you know, on Tinder or any of that kind of stuff, even maybe before they have their first date. And I think a lot of the time with the podcast, when we're doing like stuff about dating or we're doing anything about relationships, people will be like, I should have copped on. It was a red flag, but I just pushed through anyway until I met him in person. And I think a lot of people have found it quite difficult to close down that conversation even after a first date because there's so much against ghosting nowadays mm-hmm. or there's so much against um kind of you know this blocking out of you know, what did I do wrong and I think what's important is some I suppose early signs of if, if anything makes you uncomfortable you should you should be questioning it but that's what women's aid can help you with as well yeah, and even after a relationship, like if you've broken up, yeah, this could be years ago. Like this is one thing that I hear all the time, especially when I go and do like talks, you know, um, to groups of uh, groups of women. They they come up to me afterwards and they say, "Oh my god, I'm only realizing now the relationship I was in two years ago that was definitely abusive." You know, that stays with you, especially if it's your first relationship. Like that sets the scene mm. for future relationships as well because it tells you well you know that's how how I've always been treated that's just how relationships are you know Mm. um so one thing we have on the website as well is a relationship quiz so if you are not at the stage where you're like okay I'm gonna call women's aid or gonna go on the chat service we have a quiz and it's just 10 short questions and it helps you just think about where your relationship is at, you know, how your partner treats you, um, what's okay, what's not okay, what, you know, could be a red flag for what's healthy or unhealthy. Um, And actually we've had tens of thousands of people do this relationship quiz. And I heard recently from um, a woman who just left an abusive relationship. She said that the quiz was actually her kind of lightning bulb or, you know, light bulb moment. That it was like, wow, okay. This is this is not okay, um, but you know, in in the early stages of dating, you know, we have to remember, you you deserve to have a healthy relationship. Mm. Why do we brush off these things? Oh, I'll just let it go. I just want to be with someone. It's better to be single than in an abusive relationship because, you know, I'm not saying this lightly or to be you know sensationalist. In abusive relationships, the worst thing that will happen is you will be killed. And yeah. we have seen that happen. Oh, yeah. Mm. But, you know, like we just saw Bruna Fonseca, Fonseca, you know, killed at the start of the year and her ex-partner is being charged with her murder. Yeah. You know, this is 
this is serious and it's not just abuse happens to other people abuse can happen to anyone it doesn't matter how empowered you are how informed you are um, you know how much you set boundaries if somebody is abusive they are doing abuse to you and it is not your fault so I suppose, you know, we need to look out for ourselves and prioritise ourselves. And we need to look out for our friends as well, because when you're going through it, it can be really, you know, you can't see the wood for the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it happens so, so slowly that, you know, the behaviour just becomes normal. And, you know, they lower their expectations. Staying friends with someone and being that kind of sounding board <clears throat> to someone can be absolutely massive. And... Is there anything, because a, a lot of the times, and, and what we've heard is, you know, I'm noticing patterns in, because a lot of the times it's, it's you know, people looking in that will be the ones to twig it. Because when you're in a relationship, you can be like, but this is just how we are. This is how our relationship is. This is everything. Do you have any tips for somebody who's recognising patterns in a friend's relationship or maybe a sibling's relationship or anything along that, that can kind of, I suppose, either one, help, help broach the topic with them, or to help indicate them to to things like women's aid or to any kind of you know I suppose any online support or any kind of support that they might not how do you slip that into the conversation basically yeah Yeah. oh uh this is a question I get all the time and it's actually really heartwarming because you know people do want to check in on their friends Yeah. yeah which is great because when you're in um, an abusive relationship and you maybe you don't even see it as abusive uh, you know you might feel really isolated really alone cut off from your friends or like you, you know you're thinking that they don't want to see you your friend could be that lifeline so by by reaching out it could be monumental for that person um, so that's why I love getting this question um, so it can feel like a huge thing to try and broach um and I suppose the first thing to remember is that you don't, don't have to be 100% sure that what they're going through is abuse to, to talk about it with them. You know, if something feels wrong, it probably is. That doesn't just apply to yourself. It re- applies to the people in your life as well. Um, secondly, it's really just about reminding them that you're there, you know, uh, checking in on them, sending them a text saying, hi, you know, uh, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. You'd love to grab a coffee. Um, and then if you are in a conversation with them, just as opposed to calling out, you know, behaviours which might put their back against the wall or might make them defensive or feel, um, you know, called out or, you know, they might feel a lot of shame around that. It's more asking them, you know, like, how are you guys doing? Um, and you could also ask them, you know, what's an argument like between you? And if they go on to kind of say, well, you know, um, they give me the silent treatment afterwards or they just go absolutely mental or, you know, I just, we don't tend to fight that much or I try to kind of keep the peace because I don't want to have fights with them because it escalates. You know, you could say things like, you know, that's that's really scary. Oh my God, that's really frightening. I, th- I know if that happened to me, like I'd be terrified because in their heads, it's probably become so normal for them to hear someone else saying it that tells them first of all I believe you which is huge second of all that they're not imagining it that Mm. it is real and third of all that it's not okay 
that it's not normal. Um, but we have um, a whole section on the Two Into You website. It's called Help a Friend and it has tips. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The kind of do's and don'ts, um, you know, ways to start the conversation, like actual phrases you can say. Um, so there's, there's loads of information there. And also, you know, that chat service and the helpline is there if if you just don't know how to approach it but what I would say is don't give up on somebody you're worried about because um you know the more they understand that they have people in their corner the better because in um in abuse the abuser will try and make their world smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller so that their partner is the only thing in their world. So if they were to break up with them, they would feel like they have nothing. Yeah. So by you being there, reminding them that you're there, makes their world that little bit bigger. It just keeps it just outside of the, of the relationship. Yeah, that's really helpful because that was one of the main questions we were asked in the toxic relationship yeah. was how to approach. They've not a friend would have noticed some behaviors or. Um, something that might be gone askew in a friend's relationship and they just didn't know how to approach it. So that's really helpful. Um, do you, have you noticed, and I know you've said, you said before we start recording that the uh, people on the helplines are trained professionals and they're the best ones to be given advice. And that that's not what this episode is. We're not going to ask you to give advice on specific situations. But in terms of working for women's aid, have you noticed any patterns or any increases in particular situations that are being reported or are there any kind of statistics in, you know, because it, it is kind of like there's more awareness over the last few years, but at the same time, it it seems more prevalent. Like in the media, you're hearing an awful lot more cases of women in domestic, well, violent situations particularly. Um, obviously, there's, it, it seems like there's a huge increase in it. Yeah, well, I mean, the reality is abuse has always been there, yeah. unfortunately. But now we have the the research to back it up. So uh, the research that we did is, you know, it's, um, it's three years old at this point, so it's really fresh. So we've done two surveys now, national surveys, um, and, you know, we found that... W- it's one in five young women and one in 11 young men that have been abused um, between the ages of 18 and 25. Um, and some of the things that we see coming through really strongly are um, 
is online abuse. So of that one in five young women who were abused at nine or one, sorry, one in two had experienced online abuse. And online abuse can feel really all encompassing because there is no escape from it. So just say, you know, you're not living with your partner, uh, you're at home, on your phone, on social media, chatting to friends, you know, as we are all entitled to do. Um, but partner is, you know, bombarding you with text messages, incessantly liking all your photos and videos, sending oh. you DMs. Um, they're they're checking through your emails. Maybe they're tracking your location. Um, they're monitoring, you know, who you're talking to, who you're hanging out with, where you are. Basically, they're using the online space as a way to continue um, and maintain that power and control over you. Um, another one we hear about is um, image-based sexual abuse. So uh, sometimes it's called revenge porn, but, um, you know, it, it that implies that, you know, there's something to be vengeful for, but it's none of it is the fault of the person that it's happened to. So it is, it's abuse. Um, so uh, what we would hear very often is... Um, that if someone has a fight with their partner, that their partner will threaten to share images or videos or whatever that were, you know, shared consensually uh, previously in, in the relationship. But they say, you know, if you, you're you acting like a, a bitch, I'm going to send all my friends this photo or video of you. And actually, that is now a crime in Ireland. So it's not just a crime to share intimate images or videos of someone it's illegal to threaten to share because what that is, is it's coercion. Um, it says, if you don't fall in line, I'm going to sexually abuse you by sharing your intimate images or your nudes, whatever, online. Uh, and that's one of the things we hear all the time. Um, another really subtle one is um, looking through your partner's phone. So this is one that's really common with young people. It's just become so, so normalized. Um, you know, their partner demanding to look through their phone and knowing all their passwords to social media because they say, you know, oh, who are you talking to? Like, let me see your phone. Let me see your messages. I want to, I want to know who you're talking to. And they brush it off as, um, you know, uh, a trust issue. They say, well, if you, if, uh, you love me, you'd show me. Like, what have you got mm. to hide? You know, it becomes this defensive mm. thing. But really what that says is they don't respect your privacy and they don't respect your boundaries. There is still such a debate around that. I'm on mm. kind of groups where women can kind of <clears> vent <throat> their their problems in their relationships or anything really anonymously. And you still see in the commentary down below, well, if you trusted them, you wouldn't look on their phone. Or I looked through my fella's phone and when I said it to him, his argument was, why are you looking through my phone? Is he gaslighting me? Is it my fault for looking through the phone? But I had a good feeling, but what's right, what's wrong, mm. this kind of thing. It's That's a really back and forth kind of one. It's And it's nearly like a, an, an argument based on technicalities. So like if you had a situation where you had a good feeling... You looked on his phone, you find something. Yeah, it's the justification, isn't it? Where it's like, but I found something. But I found something. But then the argument is, why yeah. are we looking on the phone in the first place? You it's, knew something was It wrong. is a bit of a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I understand that, but that's not a that's not abuse. Abuse is a pattern. So, mm. you know, just say you're worried that, you know, 
your your boyfriend is is cheating or something like to look through their phone that is an invasion of their privacy yeah and you know you know really we have to think about the decisions we make in a moral sense you know um would you be okay with him looking through your phone would you be okay with him reading your emails no and but i understand if you know there is a situation that you have a gut feeling but that's not part of a pattern of you looking through their their phone mm. if you're looking through someone's phone consistently that shows you don't trust them that's on un- very unhealthy behavior yeah 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 it's yeah i always just found it a strange one because the person doing it feels justified the person whose phone it is is like well if you trusted me and then there's people who be who would answer your question saying, yeah, I wouldn't mind somebody going through my phone because I've nothing to hide. But at the same time, you shouldn't be okay with somebody going through your phone because yeah. you've nothing to hide. It's it's just some parts of it are normalized and some I still, still, still think yeah. it's very murky water in that situation. Yeah. I think- and it's not even like, um, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be okay with someone looking through my phone. It's you shouldn't be asking me yeah. to look through your phone. Mm. Yeah. yeah, very true. Yeah, that's, th- a, that's a bit. I think something like is- language is so important. Sorry, no, Lang- language is so important. So you know, like even something so simple as someone. Sorry, if people can't see me. I'm hair doing inverted commas. Somebody hair <laughs> quoting. Yeah, um, you know, somebody experienced abuse or uh, someone suffered abuse. We don't use that language. We say people are subjected to abuse. Because abuse is not your fault. You you abuse doesn't happen to you, it is done to you by someone else. And I think that's so important that we, you know, consider the language we're using, especially you know, in the media, it's like that, because people out there, normal people are hearing these things, seeing these things, and it's being internalized and they're understanding that as, well, it's my fault, or I brought this on, or if I just acted this way then they wouldn't act like that to me. Or if I, you know, wasn't talking to my guy friend, then, you know, he wouldn't have flown off the handle, my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all this kind of um, moving, shifting the blame to someone else. You know, it's very similar to the whole, what was she wearing? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, question in, in rape cases. It, it's it's not what was she wearing, is why did that person rape her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and that's become so normalised as well, isn't it? Like, with the yeah. slut shame, and then even in the media, and as you say, movies, it's just been years of it's very men dangerous. being so in- innocent and women being the provocators, and it's, it, 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 it's unlearning a lot of stuff that we've been kind of conditioned to normalise or feel is normal. Yeah, and that's why with the campaign, we want to teach um, people you know, the difference between healthy and unhealthy behaviours and also to realise that they deserve healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we need to be learning about this stuff younger. You know, in schools, we're not learning about this yet, but we're hoping now with the new SPAG programmes that that'll be included, you know, and that there'll be a gender lens on it that says, you know, why is it women that are experiencing this Mm. much more and why is it men who are the perpetrators of it more because that's exactly what you know the research internationally tells us is that it is majority women who are being subjected to abuse 
and it is majority men who are doing that abuse. Yeah. So on that, I want to talk about same-sex couples because I feel like that was something that came up a lot in our in our toxic relationships um, podcast. Because mm-hmm. I feel like women who date women, it's almost like they feel a little bit. It's not so advertised, is it? Well, not not even advertised, but it's not so in their face that there will be, you know, they're they're just as much of a chance of having coercion, manipulation, emotional abuse, any kind of abuse, physical abuse, as there is if you were in a relationship with the man. Obviously, the statistics aren't there because, as we know, men versus women, what that looks like. But I think in same-sex couples as well, is there a resource? specifically dedicated in women's age because that's also not just female female relationships but male male relationships too is this something that obviously anyone can use the tools anybody can um anybody can use the website or use the helpline but is that something that you're seeing like a rise of or is that something that you're you're finding is more often than not kind of coming up nowadays yeah, so unfortunately, there's very little research in Ireland in terms of same-sex relationships. Mm-hmm. What we do know is for um, abuse in LGBT relationships, it's uh, majority uh, ma- like male-on-male violence. Okay. Um, and also uh, cis male violence against trans women. So really what that tells us is it's a reflection of... Um, a society that tells cis men cis straight men that they are entitled to power and control in all aspects of their life and that that feeds into their intimate relationships and i think that's why we see less female on female um relationship abuse because women haven't grown up with that same sense of entitlement to power and control that men have now that's not to say that um uh, women, lesbian or uh, bisexual women, don't experience violence. Like they absolutely do. It does happen, and we need more research about it. Um, but it is, it's more male on male violence, and I think that's very telling of um, why violence happens in our society. But just to say that if um, if so, we as women's aid we support. Um, we would support LGBT women as well. So they can call the helpline um, and trans women. Um, and their male advice line is there um, from the Men's Development Network. So there's there's Men's Age and the male advice line, and they would support men experiencing violence. Um, LGBT Ireland also has uh, supports for LGBT people. And the, the switchboard, switchboard.ie, has a specific night i'm not sure which night it is but they have a specific night for um lgbt people lgbt people um subject to violence but no i completely uh agree that it's not something that is as spoken about and i'd love to see more research on it i'm gay myself so like this is very much um something i'm passionate about but we yeah we need more research on it and more resources Mm. Yeah. No, I just thought that it was an interesting because I think it's so we're so used to that it's a power it, dynamic. Yeah, it's, male, female. Mm-hmm. It's always the man. It's all you know, and it, as we know, it doesn't always have to be the man and all that other kind of stuff. But I think the problem is a lot of the times with say stuff like the Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard case, it took such a steal of voice away from people who have been abused and people who have 
felt like they have been abused because it almost gave the Andrew Tate type of man <laughs> something to talk about. And this is why, mm. and we talk about it a lot, but that's why I'm like people like very Republican Americans that get famous, people like Andrew Tate, people like, you know, people that were kind of going in on even stuff like uh, the Tory Lanez, uh, Megan Thee Stallion case. These things are so damaging to women all over the world because Mm -hmm. it's a group, whoever has the highest share of voice at that time. Mm -hmm. And as we know, extremists tend to have a very high or a very sought after voice and that's uh, I think that's more of a problem within media but I think that's why it's really important that we talk about support services too because you know TMZ are obviously going to tell you know you that x y and z happened and this person saying Mm. that thing they're going to get a good article out of it they're going to get a lot of clicks from it Mm. media have a lot to answer for but then when it comes to stuff like helplines women's aid how to notice these things no one really like it's it's you have to get as advertised now so in terms of Andrew Tate, you know, I think the reason he's become so popular is because men have become disenfranchised and, you know, they think that feminism is against them. Mm. But really, you know, what he's spewing is this fake idea of what it means to be a man, you know, that you um, own your woman, that they're your possession, that they have to fall in line, that you're entitled to this power and control. But we know that this system that tells men that they have to be strong, that they have to be the breadwinner, all of this is the very same system that harms men. It tells them they have to be strong, that they can't be weak, and that when they are weak, that 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 they're a failure as a man. So, you know, when we look at things like male suicide rates, you know, especially in Ireland, the, the core of that is the society that men grow up in, mm. that tells them, you know, weakness is bad, you know, um, calling out the things that are seen as normal for men, you know, sexism, misogyny is bad. These are not bad things. They are they are strengths and they are signs of what it really means to be a good guy. So, you know, in um, Women's Aid, we really have tried to ask men, especially since um, the murder of Ashley Murphy, and it's really been on the kind of front of everyone's um, minds, which is great. And we're trying to keep that conversation going but we want you know good men not just to you know talk the talk but walk the walk you know call out male friends if you hear sexist jokes if you hear misogyny and uh, you know learn take the time to learn what women need to feel safe and uh, find out how you can support women believe women when they you know tell stories of abuse of catcalling because unfortunately you know that one in five stat is there the one in five women who've been abused? That is the tip of the iceberg. That's the women who've told us. That's the women who've recognized what they went through as abuse. There are definitely so many more women out there who are either currently going through abuse or who've gone through it and don't realize that that was unacceptable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we really want everyone to try and get behind these campaigns, especially to into you because it's very much a proactive campaign to call out unacceptable behaviours. So, you know, if you do see it on your socials, please do share it. Mm. Because not only does it, you know, there might be someone who needs to see it, um, but also it says, you know, me, myself, by sharing this, I don't accept violence in any form, in any as- like aspect of life. 
Get blocked by Andrew Tate. Go the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, we're, now we're, that's, I think, like even just the tip of the iceberg in terms of having a conversation around it. Um, the campaign launches on the 14th of Feb, but you can visit 2into.ie. Um, all of the resources are there. Did you say you have an event coming up or do you want to speak about yeah. that? Yeah, so um, on Valentine's Day, we're hosting a pop-up Two Into You Valentine's shop. So it's on number two Henry Street in Dublin. Um, and it's just for one day. And um, I don't want to give too much away, but the idea with the space is to kind of disrupt people's understanding of, of what romance looks like. So, you know, um, I suppose relationships that look healthy or romantic on the surface um, can hide abuse very easily. And I think we might see a lot of that around Valentine's Day with people posting about their relationships, you know, the gifts they got, things like that. So uh, what we're trying to do with the space is to really shine a light on the red flags of abuse uh, uh, and get people talking about the campaign. So the campaign is going to be running until International Women's Day, which is the 8th of March. So um, if you are in Dublin, please do pop in. It's open to the public um, from half 10 in the morning until six and it's completely free. And uh, we'll have lots of nice things as well for people to take away cupcakes, badges, things like that. So wow. please do pop in and say hi. Brilliant. Well, look, thanks a million for coming on. We, like I said, we only kind of scratched the surface on what the whole conversation could be about all the there's so many different layers to it but it was really insightful speaking to you um i will link all of the the website down below i'll the the event details and thanks again for coming on we really appreciate it thank you so much and again you can look at our description we're going to have all of the details below she's when we stopped recording she did say she was going to have there's going to be a few bits that she'll be doing up and down the country as well so um, it'll be on Instagram yeah all of the details will be on Instagram she's going to send that all over to us so be all ah. very all very informational um, back down to the crux of our usual bits Carla do you have an unpopular opinion before we go? I do Does anyone like silent discos? I can't say I've ever experienced one. They're fucking shite. Yeah. Everyone with headphones on. Do you remember they used to do them in oxygen? Everyone would be like, oh my God, silent disco. I've been to a few. They're actually so awkward. No one else. You're, you can hear the music. Do you know what I mean? I use listening to different music. Depends. It depends on the silent disco. But that's what I mean. What and you're mean? all just like staring at each other with headphones on and dancing. Oh, no. My social anxiety could never. There's an awful lot of money involved in a silent disco, no? Yeah. Instead of two speakers. Instead of just two speakers and a DJ giving it socks. I don't know. It's a real... I Let me know. I don't know one person who enjoys them. Like, Unless you know I, when people are talking about... Like a lot of the times when people are talking about events and event ideas and they're like, we could do a silent disco. No. I'm in the back and like, no. Yeah, it does seem like just a very unnecessary, like, step in, t- in having a dance. It, it really <laughs> is. It's like another, you've unlocked another level of trying to just have a dance. Like, loads of money. Yeah. A lot of organisation. 
Just but like someone tell me who had an absolute lethal night at a silent disco. At, when they first came out and they like the novelty, the, the prospect of them, it was like that's a bit of gas. But now when, when you really go think to about, one. <laughs> go to one. Tell where me did, it's a bit of gas. Where did he even do them? I went to one in Oxygen back in the day. Yeah, I went to one in um, Tomorrowland. Do you use your own headphones to, or are they provided? No, they're provided. So, yeah, see, I mean, load of, that's the tax write-off. That's what that is. Do you know, I've, I've been, where else was I? Oh, no, my God, it was so fucking awkward. And a girl lost her phone and it was just... Oh, anyway, I've never liked them. Mm. I think they're fucking strange. They're a real, like, yipped up at 4am. Yeah, I was going to say, I would imagine how it depends on how yipped you are as well. Like. Yeah, it's not. Mm. A stomper. A stomper, you, a, a stomper for us. Stomper. For a listening pleasure. Carla's Stomper of the Week. Speaking of silent discos, this one would be a kicker. <laughs> if in or outside uh, a silent disco. Actually, both. Yeah, that's what I mean, regardless. Yeah, regardless, in or out, get your headphones on, take them off. I don't care at this point, it's a banger. It's called Clouds, it's by Bunt. It kind of reminds me of like Bebo, remember DJ Cami, DJ Rankin, that kind of, it's that kind of voice, but it's like grown up version. Oh, you know, a mature. Kind of. Have a dance in the dark. Hold on, I'm just connecting up to the roadcaster, and you guys will hear it pretty momentarily. But yeah, it's like a grown up version of that, so. Oh, I know what you mean. It's the voice. It's grown up version, isn't it? I'll fast forward a little bit. Jesus, me, I'm it's through the roof. It's good, I like that one, yeah. Is it a grown-up TJ? <laughs> it's very scooter era. It is. Yeah, that's good, I like that one. Yeah. Bit of, bit of a throwback into that. My ring doorbell has not fucking stopped. Oh, I know, it's like ding-dong, somebody walked by. Ding-dong, there's a dog. Ding-dong. I have to turn off the motion. A breeze. We, we got to skip. Cream myself. We got we got a skip. So Adam's in and out. I have to go home and help him now. Oh, she's she's flying out of here now. So she is. Uh, Jen's day of fun. Adam and Jen's day of fun. Bobby's gone. Thank fuck. He's gone to my sisters. Um, we got I got an industrial skip. It's one of the fourteen yard ones. Ooh, how much was that? Not bad in comparison to some. Four eighty five. Wow. Do you want Not to shout bad. out the And you can... I've actually never seen them before, so oh, I... Maybe after. Maybe once you deal with No, it. I, we have the skip, so I, I'm sure it's fine. Um, but I, this, they never came up in the search bar. And then this time they came up and they take cash on arrival, which was handy. Sounds dodgy, but handy because the family who are selling us the house gave us a load of cash to get ah, rid of the shite out the back the garden because it's theirs. Uh-huh. So it was really handy because it Jen's was like sweating to get home now. Oh, I can't wait! I'm dreading to see. I would say me. I'll, I'll probably put a few bits up on the Instagram today, my Instagram page, because I would imagine there's a fair few dead things <laughs> in the garden. In the garden, <laughs> and there's definitely a cat that likes to eat the dead things. Dead, to bring the dead things. He likes to chill out there. Okay. Uh, I think the rubbish at this point is holding up the shed that's out there. I don't know. It's my fault. We'll see. So Exciting. I just can't wait. 
And Before's and afters, please. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Fuck, he's already doing it. He's been flying past that doorbell, so I better go home. <laughs> go on. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks Bye. for listening. We love you. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.